Okay. Well, let's uh, do this. Okay. Like? No, I don't say <laughs> Because? No. Do a thing. Gun gets my goat. It's a chalupa for you. Chupa. Chupa for you. Hi, everybody. This is Big Anklevich. Yes, it is. Yes. Ah, and this is Rich Outfield, and this is That Gets My Goat. That's right. We're. It's been a little while since we've done the That Gets My Goat, hasn't it? I'm trying to think. I, I, yeah, it's probably been two months since we, we yeah. recorded one. Not counting the 30-some-odd that we did for oh, okay. yeah, a yet-to-be-released uh, Pixar-related thing, not about Good Dinosaur. But today is about Good Dinosaur. And I suppose we'll probably do a few more movie-related episodes, because we're kind of in, like, the other movie season right now, right? I mean, uh, you have your summer, which is the main movie season, and then you have the, the Christmas time. Uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas or so, they seem to release a lot of movies. Are, are people supposed to just ha- suddenly have more time when winter comes around, or why do they do that? I mean, I guess it kind of works, because... Titanic was released at that time. Avatar was released at that time. Star Wars. All sorts of movies that made lots of money have come out of this season of the year. Well, we yeah, we'll see how Star Wars does. I mean, while we're recording this, Episode 7 has not yet come out. And all the previous Star Wars movies have come out in May. And so the pundits are like saying, okay, well, what is this going to be kind of like those one of those Harry Potters? Is it going to be like a Lord of the Rings? And my guess is, you guys can laugh because you live in a world where that's already come out, that there's nothing like what this is going to be. That maybe Avatar is a comparable thing, except for, I imagine, Force Awakens is going to be a much bigger deal than Avatar was. And uh, But at the same time, you know, kids are in school. It's cold. It's not like summer is going on and you can go to three o'clock matinee, if you, you know. So I, I have no idea. We'll we'll see how big a deal Star Wars is. My my guess is it'd probably be smaller than if it came out in May, but it'll it'll last. Longer, it'll keep going know? and going like Avatar and Titanic. Yeah. Did. Maybe that's the reason why these movies make so much money is because there's never anything in the spring, and so it's a good season to put something out that's going to last for a long time. But yeah, just, we're not here to talk about that. Yeah, Sorry. it just doesn't make sense that they put movies out like that in the uh, in the winter time. But yet they do. We've already got James Bond. We've got uh, Pixar Two, our second Pixar movie of the year, and there's several other movies that are relatively big that are hidden. And of course, there's the monster of Star Wars to come. But we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode. Today we're talking the Good Dinosaur. Um, which is the second Pixar movie this year. We had uh, Inside Out in the summertime. Did we do an uh, episode about that? We didn't. No, we never even discussed it. I think we, we did talk about Inside Out a little bit when we did our uh, marathon, which still hasn't dropped. Yeah. I was intending, you know, for it to come out, and then it would culminate in us talking about Good Dinosaur, you know, but life interrupted that. That's all right. We're here talking Good Dinosaur now, and we'll talk a whole bunch more other stuff uh, down the line. So, 
should we talk the history, the the story of the lead up to the good dinosaur before we talk about the movie, or should we save that for after? I don't know. I, I, I do you have a ton to say about the movie, or do you have a ton to say about the history? I have more to say about the movie because I don't re. I, maybe I'll have something to say about the history after you talk about it. I only sort of know what happened with it. Well, we may never know everything. It's one of those things. Uh, but yes, that was supposed to be 2014's Pixar release, was The Good Dinosaur. And uh, it ended up not only getting bumped a year, it got bumped a year and a half. Uh, hence, we've got two Pixar movies in one year, which is something they'd been talking about for a long time, but never actually happened. And, and I think it's a good thing. It's a, you want them to take as much time as they need to on these movies and in the past that's always paid off where they're like well i don't think we quite have it yet let's let's do one more pass whereas everybody else would be like what are you talking about one more pass we should be done by now we'll have the sequel out by the time you're done with your one more pass and the sidequel of the minions (laughs) as this movie was getting ready to play we saw trailer after crappy trailer for, you know, there, there is so many computer animated children's films coming out. There's been a few times in the past where I felt the same way, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? They just take a crap in a can and call it a film nowadays. And yeah, I totally, you know, and we watched the trailers and the trailers just got worse and worse and worse as each one came on. Yeah, the first one was Zootopia, which is, you know, Disney Animation Studio. And when it first started, I was like, oh, guys, this doesn't look like a Disney movie. Oh, guys, this looks like your competition. But then the, the trailer just did one little scene it didn't, you know, show you all the fart jokes or whatever. It just, it stopped and just did like one funny scene and it won me over. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the high point. Then we just got trailer after trailer and each one took another step down. Yeah. The, there was a trailer for a movie called Norm of the North. Is that what it was? Okay. I think so. That was about a polar bear. Polar bear. And that was basically about as, as interesting as it got all the jokes were terrible they were not funny they weren't even like grown you you didn't even groan you just went like what is that was that a joke but you know it's tons of farting of pooping of kicking somebody in the nuts it just yeah i I could tell who this movie was made for i was like wow that's that's the worst i mean there had been one called the secret life of pets before that which i thought was a step up from norm of the north because it was at least you know oh hey look animals are they come to life when you're not around because they're toys uh and uh <laughs> but they you know they showed different kinds of animals and they were all or not yeah they you know they all had personalities and so yeah. i was like okay at least they have personalities that, norm of the north did not no yeah it was terrible but then they showed chipmunk alvin and the chipmunks four is trailer and it was a step down from Norm of the North. Which is surprising. I wouldn't have thought there was a step down from Norm of the North. And, you know, I I was making, like, vomit sounds and stuff when Norm of the North's trailer ended. 
And then the Alvin and the Chipmunks one came on, and by the time it was over, I was like, oh. I turned to you and I said, Norm of the North doesn't look that bad after all. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks 4 just looked so, so stupid. Uh, Norm of the North looked like, well, okay, it's a movie for really indiscriminating little kids. Yeah. And I can forgive that. But Alvin and the Chipmunks was insulting. Are there even really indiscriminating little kids? Because there's movies, like I have a three-year-old. Okay. Any three-year-old should be entertained by, if it's animated, you should be able to just sit them in front of it and they'll just stare at it and drool. Oh, you got two hours of peace. But that's not the case. There are lots of movies that just cannot hold my son's attention. And I'm pretty sure Norman North would be one of those. Like The Nut Job or Open Season. Some of those films that just... There's nothing, nothing that interests them in it whatsoever. I don't, I don't understand how those get made. Like somebody is watching those. Somebody's spending their, you know, years of their life working on them. And then when it's over, they're just like, yeah, this is good. Let's put this out. I don't get it. I don't understand. Is it, is it just that they're completely not? story people they're not film people they have no understanding or are they just you know hey i'm just here for the paycheck man Shink. just clocking in clocking out it's the film world's version of a drudgery nine to five job anyways we're not talking about that either um we're here to talk about the good dinosaur uh what was your overall opinion of the good dinosaur what did you think um I, it was pretty good i have to admit i didn't i i was not with it at the first of the movie it's like oh geez I, I i couldn't tell what it was that i didn't like about the movie i was just not it was not speaking to me i was like wow they made some strange choices here like all the mammals looked absolutely totally realistic and then the dinosaurs were so ridiculously cartoony like more cartoony than anything i can remember pixar ever doing um and that partly stuck out stuck out because the backgrounds and the water and the trees and all that were photo real yeah they were insanely realistic well i mean i'll, I'll jabber on about that later but yeah that, that was a strange combination and so i was just like oh shoot you know i think i think they've made some questionable choices and yeah it's just i i can sort of see where they're going here and it's not working uh, but then about halfway through, something switched. And I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait, no, I felt something there. And by the end, I was <laughs> you're, like... You're just like, uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry, it moved. <laughs> and by the end, I was like, oh, oh, that was nice. Um, but I never felt like it was, uh, it was something like Up or Wally or Finding Nemo, one of those... Where you're just like, oh my gosh, that was an emotional, that was a spiritual experience. That was so good. But at the, by the end, I was just like, oh yeah, that was nice. I wish I had a three-year-old that I could bring to this. And so that, I that wish was I my I had opinion. a three-year-old that walked around on four hands like a dog. Yes, that, that too. And howled. I, yeah, I was jealous of you because I, I think you probably have a monkey child. I do. Like that, a dog monkey child. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I would, I'm curious of your opinion I was in a pretty similar place. I mean, I didn't know. The trailer that you saw for this, 
was a bunch of dinosaurs like sitting there and they're chewing and then they say, what if the asteroid didn't hit the earth? And they all look up and the asteroid goes past and they're like, huh, well, that was interesting. And then they like go back to eating again. And then I assumed for some reason that this movie was set in modern day, but with dinosaurs. When they say, oh, a million years later and there's dinosaurs and cavemen. I mean, they already, they do that all the time in anime. I mean, the Flintstones put dinosaurs with cavemen. They didn't need to set it up by saying, hey, what if the asteroid didn't hit the earth? Nobody cares. I mean, Brian Lincoln would be upset. They'd be like, oh, come on. Come on, the asteroid already hit the earth. All these dinosaurs should be dead. Not digging at the pit with Mr. Slade. Mr. Slate. It's not Slade, is it? Right. <laughs> Slade would be a real last name. It's like, the wheels of the car are made of giant rocks. How could Fred's legs generate enough energy to move those two? Sorry. I mean, most people wouldn't, they wouldn't even consider it. You know, you don't need to, oh, the asteroid didn't hit the earth for there to be cavemen and dinosaurs at the same time. People already are down with that. It's been done dozens and dozens of times. I mean, they did it already even in a computer animated film with the freaking uh, Ice Age, I think. They did. Well, yeah, I, I think can't the last one was called was... Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Was it? Or was it Dawn of the Dead? Oh, hey, I would have gone to see that. <laughs> so I, I was expecting something very different. And I think I did see like one or two commercials or something like that, where I, where you actually saw the little caveman kid spot. Yeah, spot for a little bit to where I knew, oh, okay, there's a caveman so this is not modern day and then i saw that cartoony dinosaur guy who was named elmo elroy uh, arlo arlo <laughs> uh, anyways yeah i don't know i was expecting something else and i definitely didn't expect what we got um, even if it was caveman with dinosaurs it wasn't it was a freaking western we <laughs> yes. were it was a western and that there was how i had no idea that was coming a dude. family on a farm and they were digging and, and planting corn and they lived right underneath the freaking grand tetons which they called Clawtooth mountain but i was at the grand tetons this year and that was it I don't know. It was, and the whole time they were playing this, I don't know what the, I think they, they call that style Americana. Uh, the music, the, the soundtrack was just that big. John Ford music. Yeah. John Ford sounding, uh, stuff with, you know, some fiddle in there and, and the big brass here and there and the sweeping vistas of the, the wide open country and all this stuff. It was in there driving cattle. The freaking Tyrannosaur that was like John Wayne or whatever that Tyrannosaur was supposed to be. I love the trend, the dad Tyrannosaur, just the way he looked so like, it was like Jack Palance who was just running as a Tyrannosaur. He was all like gristly and bony. Yeah, they were super fat too, or at least big headed. I don't know. They looked really fat for Tyrannosaurus to me, but it's weird to be watching a Western with dinosaurs. A dinosaur western where the person was the dog. <laughs> the, 
The, the, I have to admit, though, like we were talking about the photo real. I mean, the photo realistic scenery, it really was, especially at the very, very end when the credits start up, they're just putting up pretty scenes. Look, here's a field of grain jostling in the breeze. I could not have ever, if I'd just seen that, not at a Pixar movie, there's no way you could have ever convinced me that that was animation. Because it was photoreal. It was exactly realistic. And they sh wide shots of the American countryside. <laughs> it looked as real as any pictures that I've taken at national parks. It was insane. And yeah, that's something that really I really liked about it. Uh, I have developed a thing for going to the national parks recently. Uh, I just, I love it. It's, it's wonderful. They're the most beautiful places on earth. And, and they kept hitting all of them. You know, I went to the Grand Tetons this year. Uh, and several years ago, I went to Yellowstone and they were right on, uh, I want to say it was Mammoth Falls is what the, uh, the place where he met up with the Pteranodons. I have no pterodactyls. idea. Maybe they the were pterodactyls. Yeah, the yeah. flying creatures, flying dinosaurs. I don't know one from the other, to tell you the truth. But that was a characteristic place in Yellowstone <laughs> where they had their first meetup. I, I really like that stuff, although it's so weird. <laughs> I think that might be the reason why I couldn't totally get behind it. It's just that it seemed weird. Just like, yeah, this is cool, but it's... Not right. <laughs> well, yeah, every time we saw a dinosaur speak in that Western drawl, <laughs> I was, yeah, my mind was like, no, no, dinosaurs don't talk this way. <laughs> you're like, um, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's true. The, the Western motif and the dinosaur caveman thing just, it shocked me over and over again where it's like, yeah, okay, we're separated from the herd. And it turned out to be Longhorn cattle. I was like, oh, so these guys are cowboys? No, no. <laughs> and that, I mean, they did some stuff that was interesting. Every time they would give you the impression that something particular was happening and then pull the rug out from under you, like the pterodactyls come flying in. They're like, yeah, we're just following the storm and we're here to help all the critters. We some critters that are probably trapped and hurt. Oh, look, we got one here. And then he helped to get them out and then they just eat it right in front of them. It's like, yeah, we saved this guy. You're like, whoa, okay. And then he runs and he thinks he sees a big brontosaurus looking thing. And it's actually two tyrannosaurs with their heads down together so that their tails look like the head and the tail. They come and you're sure, oh, he's, they're going to eat him. And then they're the good, they're nice. They're like, oh, hey there, little guy. What's going on? You need some help. That's always fun. Well, yeah, to, they subverted my expectations, especially with the T-Rex. We, Oh, you run when you see one. Yeah, we, has the T-Rex ever a, been a good guy? Even a three-year-old knows you run when you see the T-Rex. And But yeah, that's that's always fun when you can do something like that, I guess. Take somebody's expectations and turn them on its on their head. I think that's a it's a good storytelling device. Overall, I, I'm, I was kind of like you. I just couldn't get all the way into it, and I'm not sure really exactly what it was. I really liked the relationship 
of the boy with his father. And I have to say, I don't know why they had to kill the father in the story. I think it would have worked just fine without. He just gets swept away and then he has to come back and find his family. And then his whole family is there waiting for him. His poor mom, she's just like, yeah, we've got to get all this corn out. I need you to work really hard because we've got to get this corn out before the first snowfall. And oh, yeah, well, now you're gone. Great. Now it's just the three of us. <laughs> this just keeps getting worse. <laughs> Fine. Uh, that's just one of those things. And I guess Pixar doesn't really count as Disney. But... uh Sort of, they do. And I mean, especially now, they basically are Disney because Disney owns them and so forth. But yeah, that, that thing that Disney tends to do with the killing off of the, of the parent. When the flash flood got his father, I totally, totally saw Simba and what was the dad's name? Mustafa? Mustafa, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly Mufasa. what I was, ah, uh, Mufasa, there you go. I was totally just seeing a, a herd of wildebeest instead of a herd of water. But um, I thought, you know, just being separated from his father could have been enough. I don't know if that's uh, something worth complaining about. But Well, then you got that moment with the sticks and Spot covering up his sticks and, and Arlo covering up the one stick. And I, you know, I guess you would have lost that scene had the dad not died. Um, but yeah, I think it's the stuff with Spot that won me over that made me think, oh, you know, I really like, oh, that's sweet and stuff. I, I, I feel a little bit bad because it was hard for me to like Arlo. And part of it was his buffoonish design. It was just, there was <laughs> yeah. nothing relatable, nothing human. Uh, Jar Jar Binks was more human than Arlo was. And so I just, I was like, oh gosh, he's just so not a person. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And then also he was just such a ridiculous pussy. <laughs> not just, you know, oh, he's afraid of this and he's afraid of that. I mean, he was an absolute coward. And they were trying to give him an arc, but I just, I, I was like, wow, guys, oh, you're really hitting us over the head. He's afraid of a bug that's this big. Oh, geez, guys. And, you know, all of that was set up so that, you know, you could have him overcome and become brave and and, dis and realize. I liked it when the Sam Elliott T-Rex said, you know, I'm still afraid. You always are afraid. But, you know, you, you work through it or that's what a person does. And he overcomes that and stuff. And, and yeah, I just, I don't know if they should have toned down some of his cowardice or or not, but I just, yeah, there were a couple of times when he's yelling at Spot at the beginning, this is all your fault, where I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but that may just be me personally. You know, I was always a cowardly little kid, and I resent that aspect of myself. I still have some of that shivering, stammering little bastard inside me, and, I, I, and so maybe that's why I disliked Arlo. Not disliked, but just found it hard to embrace him. But then, you know, he learns to care for somebody else and to put his fear aside. You know, he has a couple of baby steps, and, and I dug that. And then at the end, when he's like, no, I I could go home, but I have to save my dog. Uh, it, <laughs> I was like, okay, you got me. Yeah, that's great. And Yeah, I think that's one of those things. I mean, at, at the very least, this movie 
teaches kids a worthwhile lesson. Because that's something that kids need to learn. You know, like you said, you when you were younger, you were afraid of things. I think every kid is. Every kid's afraid of the dark. They're afraid of what they can't see. They're afraid of maybe there's something in the closet. Probably a monster. Probably going to eat me. And you got to be able to overcome those kind of things eventually. I mean, that's a big part of growing up, I guess, is being able to face up to your fear. And so, you know, it's kind of... Uh, teaching a lesson to children, I guess. I have to admit, even just the commercial, like I said that I'd seen a commercial where it showed the caveman dog and Arlo, and I just thought, oh, really? That's that's what he looks like? Because <laughs> it looks, yeah, I mean, it's it's it very, very cartoony. He's super giant feet on a small little body, uh, his head is very round and bulbous and bubbly and not... Even the rest of his family didn't look particularly realistic or... I don't know, it just didn't seem like good design. We've seen lots of CG dinosaurs. I mean, that that's where CG made its name was with dinosaurs. And we've seen really great ones right from the beginning with Jurassic Park. And several since then... I don't know why, but these, and maybe that's just not what they were going for, but it just, they stuck out so oddly in everything else being so perfectly real. I remember back, and this this is my sole criticism of the movie The Incredibles. There was a couple of characters that were just designed weird. There was the teacher. They were grotesque. Yeah, there was the teacher that he puts the tack on his chair where he's got this really, really, really skinny, almost normal looking body, but then this gigantic and flat, weird head. And the, the boss, Mr. Incredible's yeah. boss, who had a body that was about six inches tall. Right. And then a head that was two or three feet long. <laughs> There's just a few characters that, I mean, again, the rest of the world was pretty realistic. The rest of the shapes of the characters were pretty realistic. There was also Edna Mode, yeah, who Edna was Mode. The, just the last really just freakish character. And you throw those into the middle of that, and every time you see it, you're like, whoa, that's not right. That doesn't fit. And that's what those that's dinosaurs how Arlo were. Was, yeah. You're just stuck out like spots design i loved the way spot looked i watched him and i like his little nose and the, the the crawling body or whatever and and yeah he was cartoony he was not photo real like one of those longhorns but he was charming and it's just like oh i really liked it and he had these little freckles and stuff but yeah arlo i don't know what arlo felt like he was out of a different movie yeah and i, I gosh it's gonna sound insanely uh critical but Arlo was out of a much cheaper movie. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe uh, Arlo... Well, there's that moment where there's the Styracosaurus that comes out of the woods, and he has all these little animals that protect him or whatever. And he, yeah, he was out of the same movie as Arlo. Where it's just like, that That doesn't look like anything, guys. That is so weird. <laughs> you know, out of proportion. <laughs> and he had his all goofed up eyes. I meant to see who... <laughs> goofed up eyes. I meant to see... Uh, who did the voice. Who did the voice, but I missed it. It said, like, in order of appearance, and the only one that I noticed was Steve Zahn. Yeah, Steve Zahn was the 
Pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah it's red. Flying dinosaur. We're just going to call him. Which is weird, because Steve Zahn seemed like he was going someplace at one point, but he has disappeared. I haven't seen that guy in anything, and I can't remember how long. The whole movie is based on Arlo wanting to make his mark. Yeah. You do something special, you get to make your mark. And the, <laughs> the first mark was the dad built a silo for them to put their corn in. It was a critter-proof silo. And he got to make his mark for making this silo that was critter-proof. <laughs> Uh-oh. Everybody else just wanted to be like their dad and do something special. And all the other kids did their thing. And Arlo just wanted to do something special. But the stupid silo wasn't critter-proof. The critter was in there just eating away at their corn all he wanted. He had no trouble getting in there. So the whole time he's trying to be like his failure of a dad. And at the end, he puts his mark on. What did he do to make his mark? I mean, he knows, I guess. He he, <laughs> he did all sorts of stuff, but his family's just like, yeah, you came back. Yeah, good job. You didn't die? <laughs> uh, what's this mark for again, Mom? I, I don't know. Okay, I, I, yeah, I, I don't mean to be super critical. I didn't hate the movie at all. Right. I liked it, and I did cry at the end. But another thing that was really strange, and if I saw it again, I think I would be more critical. But I did feel like they said, four is our target audience. Age four. So anything that is too scary for a four-year-old, we're not going to... We're going to try and pull our punches, and we're going to keep the hell away from violence. Any one of these dinosaurs could have killed one of these bad guys in a second, but they won't do it for no reason at all. Right, uh, you the, talking the rustlers? The most violent moment in the movie is when Spot pulls the head off this giant beetle. <laughs> but there, there were so many of these damned predator bad guys or whatever that needed to fudge and die. They needed to die. And you and I, we've seen a million dinosaur things. A kid, your son has seen a million dinosaur things. That's what dinosaurs do is they kill. And so when they just kept going out of their way to be like, no, no, that one's still fine. That one's all right. No, he's still swimming, guys. Oh, he batted him away with his tail. I was like, why, yeah, why are you guys the, doing that? The we're, we're grownups. Kill the the rustlers, guys. <laughs> the Tyrannosaurus and the rustlers was the worst part. You know, I can understand Spot fighting them, you know, with the with the Pteranodons or whatever they were and knocking them into the water and all that kind of stuff because he doesn't really have weapons, but those Tyrannosauruses were just, their teeth were bigger than their face. They were just gigantic teeth all over these guys. And these little rustlers that were maybe the size of their head would come after them and they'd grab, they'd grab them with their mouth and then throw them instead of just bite them in half, which is what they would have done. But yeah, these these little what what would you call the wrestlers? They were something. That they were feathered mammals. It looked like I I um, was guessing they were supposed to be some kind of raptor that's on its way to becoming a bird. Oh, okay. So that's that's know. cool. But they they were so small and they kept taking down the tyrannosauruses, and I was just like, stop it, you guys! Why are you letting these things walk all over you? Bite Kill them in them. half. Yeah, they see I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not part of their their team, but it felt to me like a conscious effort, like a a note, a studio note. 
Yeah. Of hey guys, we we you guys have to keep a, a curb on the violence. You got to really, really tone it down. You know, like there was an earlier edit. Yeah, earlier version where they, they did just, eat all those wrestlers, and they're just like, you know what? They they don't seem like good guys anymore. Let's uh, let's get rid of that. That's just totally wrong. I mean, there's that moment in Finding Nemo where Marlin bleeds, and Bruce smells it, or and it's and then Dory. He, and he oh. just loses his fudge in mind, and he wants to eat him or whatever, and all that. That that movie, they weren't in danger of losing their G rating. We know what sharks do. Sharks eat. Sharks kill. They're they're predators. They're apex predators. And you know what a T Rex is. And so I just I was like, wow, that's that's interesting that you guys would choose to do that. And and I, I again, I'm an old man. I shouldn't have gone to see this movie, and I hate to feel that. <laughs> I don't like to be reminded that I'm old and the movies are not made for me anymore. Suddenly feel like uh, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I've been Princess Leia for 40 years. But you wouldn't know that because you'll be dead by the time you're 40. Uh, but I, I just, I feel like that was a an artificial constraint on the movie. Uh, you know what I mean? It was artificial uh -huh. enough that I noticed it. Right. And I guess, okay, now it's time to, to mention the 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 thing with so this was bob peterson's film for years this was his baby and you know he nursed the project and he brought it to pixar and he you know wrote it and was directing it and then you know sometime in 2013 he was fired from the project and replaced by fill in the blank who the the new writer and director are but i noticed his name he still had a very unique credit in the you know in the end credits where it said original concept and i almost want to say and direction by bob peterson it was something like that where it's just like okay you know we recognize that you brought this to the table and so you still get a credit um and yeah that i thought that that was really strange when he was fired there was a lot of talk of oh what does this mean you know he's been with pixar since the beginning he worked on tin toy guys and as far as I know, he's still with the company. And so it wasn't as acrimonious as it has been with some people. But it's still, I was just like, oh, wow. And so you can't help but wonder, what was Bob Peterson's vision for this movie? What was his good dinosaur? Was, and let's say it's Lassiter that made the decision, was Lassiter right in replacing him? What would 2014's good dinosaur have been? Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, we may not know ever i'm sure someday years from now there will be one of those tell-all books about oh the scandals of the early days of pixar what john lassiter was doing in his office when <laughs> he would shut the door and lock it or whatever but uh you know why did they actually cancel newt it's interesting I and mean, i don't know what i don't know if it was the right decision for sure because uh some people are saying that this may possibly be Pixar's first box office failure, one that doesn't make its money back. The director is Peter Sohn. Okay, that sounds right. Although, boy, that's that sounds like a a pseudonym for Bob Peterson, doesn't it? <laughs> it's got a picture of a guy here, so he I, must I be a real guy. I know he's a real person, but it's just not that weird that his <laughs> it name is, is... It is super weird. <laughs> and 
you know, this isn't the first time that this sort of thing has happened. I, like uh, when Lasseter was first hired to be head of animation at Disney, he fired the director of Meet the Robinsons and brought in new people and, and had it reworked and all that. I don't know if you've seen Meet the Robinsons. It's I haven't. I've never been interested in it in the least for some oh, reason. Well, you, you should at least see it so that you could have an opinion. But yeah, it's it's a movie. It's an animated movie. It's not bad. It doesn't suck. But it's not special. It's like Bolt. Right. It's just like, you know, yeah, you had a couple of moments that were cute. Had a couple of really clever lines. But it, it, it didn't rise above. There was nothing unique about it. Nothing magical about it. And what would the original Meet the Robinsons have been like? And, and, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. If Good Dinosaur is Pixar's first failure, why is it? <laughs> you want to know why? To be continued. Can you say continued? Continued. Can you say continued? To be continued. Say to be continued. 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 <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay. That Gets My Goat is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license.